Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, could you be paying even more at the pump this fall? Well, gas prices have been slowly and very thankfully coming down from their all-time highs. But there are many analysts who are warning the White House that oil prices could pick up, even tripling this fall. So we want to get down to the bottom of that. What's going on? What's at stake? What's likely to come next? And what is Washington doing to prepare? Evan Halper is the business reporter for The Washington Post who covers energy issues, including the tension between energy demands and decarbonizing the economy. Uh, Evan, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, it's great to be here. So as you uh, as you look at this issue, uh, again, people are, are exhaling ever so slightly uh, at the pump as they see things tick down a little bit. Uh, but you say that on the horizon there are some things that could cause that to uh, spike right back up. Uh, give us a little breakdown in terms of what that looks like. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's one big thing, and that's this embargo of Russian oil that's uh, set to take hold on December 5th. Um, you know, Europe has been talking about just cutting off shipments of Russian oil altogether, at least cargo shipments. The pipelines will still continue a little while longer. Um, and that will really reduce global supply quite a bit. And if, if actions are not taken that um, convince the markets of, that they'll mitigate the um, uh, sort of the, the, the price shock or the energy shock that, that's coming with these further sanctions, uh, it will result in traders starting to get anxious about uh, lower supplies and likely prices starting to go up you know, as soon as October. Wow. As, and so as you look at that, I know there are a number of economists, and you wrote about this today, uh, that are really across the spectrum politically and ideologically, and just kind of went through this this series of things of, uh, you mentioned, if we allow Russian oil into the into the global market, the taxing the, the windfalls uh, of oil companies, cutting the gas tax, all of that. It's just one of those where in the rush to try to do something to look like you at least have some motion going on. Uh, we may not get forward movement. We may actually go backwards. Yeah, that, there's a high risk of that. Um, you know, I mean, it's a simple story of supply and demand. And when there's not enough supply and too much demand, obviously prices are going to go up. So uh, there's all these short-term kind of schemes that politicians are looking at to try to blunt the impact on consumers. But, you know, they all come with 
with potential dangers. So one of them, you know, obviously is you can um, cut the gas tax, but you do that, you send a signal to consumers that, you know, prices are going down, that there's more gas on the market than there actually is, um, you know, they start using more and then the shortage just persists and the prices go up, you know, even further. Um, the other thing that there's a lot of discussion about is, well, can we find some way to uh, let Russian oil stay on the market, but at a at a much at a you know sharply reduced price, um, you know, like like 30, 40 percent lower than uh, you know the price that that everyone else is is getting for their oil. Um, you know, in theory, it's 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 a good idea, uh, but a lot of the experts are looking at this and they say, you know, Russia has a say in this too, and there's all kinds of ways they can retaliate. You know, there was you, you mentioned tripling the price of oil. J.P. Morgan did an analysis, and they said, worst case scenario, Russia could just cut everyone off altogether, and that could actually cause the the price of a barrel of oil to triple. Wow, uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, something to look at. So, as, as you look at it and as you assess it, uh, what are the things that you're going to be watching most closely uh, as we roll through August and uh, start getting into the fall? Yeah, the thing I'll be watching most closely is how strictly they apply these sanctions. Um, you know, if they if they have some kind of escape hatches uh, and are not that strict about it, and you know, part of this even even comes down to whether they allow these companies that insure oil tankers, because almost every oil tanker is insured out of Europe. Uh, if, if those companies you know pull their insurance from any oil that's, that that moves out of Russia, and the sanctions are really strict, and they can't figure out one of these. Uh, price caps that let some Russian oil into the market, you know, then the market will get really tight really quick and traders will start to get nervous and, you know, the market will see a, a, a potential for, for a real supply crunch and you can start to see prices go up. Um, you know, on longer range, a lot of the experts I talked to said, the thing we're not talking about here is obviously how do you reduce demand? And they're sort of seeing that these, these steps you could take to reduce demand, whether it's lowering the speed limit, uh, car sharing programs. I mean, in Europe, you know, they talk about having car-free days in cities. Now, these are seen as very drastic actions uh, by in the U.S., and, and, and they remind politicians of the measures we tried to take, the conservation measures during the Carter administration, and they were just politically a loser. But uh, realistically, you need to start to take more measures to reduce demand mm. so we don't wind up in a situation like this again. Yeah, oh, that's that's fascinating to look at. And obviously the, the political things rolling into a midterm election, uh, all of that's going to get uh, magnified as, as that moves through. And while there's a lot of doom and gloom in the report, uh, what did you find in there uh, that uh, could actually have a positive impact and maybe even lower prices? Uh, well, you know, there's there are some things that could um, that that could happen that could could potentially lower prices. I mean, you know, it's hard to say because things that are positive from a driver's perspective, keeping your price down, they're not necessarily that positive for the the war effort. And obviously, a big part of all of this that's driving prices up is the effort to put sanctions on Russia and to and to tighten uh, you know their their economy, tighten the sort of stranglehold on their economy. And what's happening is we're seeing prices drop over the summer because analysts are, are looking at the amount of Russian oil that's actually making its way onto the market. And it's more than they projected. You know, the sanctions were supposed to cut off a lot more of this than has actually been cut off. So, you know, good news for drivers in the U.S. Prices have come down, I, I think, you know, 30 cents, 40 cents a gallon. 
Um, but one of the reasons the prices are coming down is because the sanctions are proving not as effective. And, you know, Russia's making a lot of money off of its oil still that's funding its work. Yeah, uh, and that's a, an amazing thing. I just want to sneak in really quick. Uh, you, you got me thinking as you were talking about kind of the, the political risk of some of the strategies that were used during the Carter administration. What is it that President Biden should be doing or saying or engaging the American people on uh, as it relates to this? Well, what I heard from sort of one expert after another, people who are in the energy industry, people who aren't in the energy industry, the left, the right, was, you know, you, you really have to be you've got to be straight with the public. And there's a lot of just discussion of these. We can try these short term fixes. We can you know, pump oil as strategic petroleum reserve or we can you know, lower gas taxes. But all these things have a consequence ultimately, and they heighten the risk for us to be back in the situation again. And so it's understandable right now. Midterms are coming up and there's, there's a lot of reason for Democrats in particular to panic. They don't want to see gas prices go, you know, back up past five dollars to six dollars or maybe even seven dollars uh, during that time. But, um, the, the, you know, these, these quick fixes aimed at just temporarily bringing down gas prices, you know, A, they may not work. And, and, and B, when they do, they, they have their own cost. Yeah, there's always a consequence there as well. Evan Halpers, the uh, business reporter for The Washington Post, covers energy issues, including tensions between energy demand and decarbonizing the economy. We want to have you back for that conversation a little deeper as well. Evan, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. All right, we'll step aside for a quick commercial break. I, I do think there are so many things that we have to get to there, and a lot of that actually plays into what is going to happen in the midterms. We'll weigh where things are, where they're likely to go between now and November. Stay with us on KSL News Radio, Inside Sources. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.